On this episode of DC On Screen, we are talking about Doom Patrol Season 1 with an emphasis on the season finale, right after this. Nobody makes lemonade like Mike's. Introducing Mike's Hard Lemonade Seltzer, the only hard lemonade seltzer made by lemonade experts. It's crisp, refreshing, full-flavor hard lemonade seltzer. 100 calories, 1 gram of sugar, and gluten-free. The 12-can variety pack includes four refreshing flavors, lemon, strawberry, mango, and pineapple. Nobody makes lemonade like Mike's. Please drink responsibly. Hard seltzer with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This, my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. We are coming to you from the white space, the space in between the comic book panels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're more like the ad on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but not the Flex Metallo one. Mm -mm, No, not a useful one. Right. Just go less. (laughs) We're like the little ad that says, use shoes for sale. Yeah. So, Doom Patrol is like my favorite DC show at the moment. Yeah, I unabashedly love this season. Unabashedly. Yeah. It's a good word for it. it it's, uh, we don't like to do numbers ratings anymore, but it, it, I, I give it an awesome out of 10. Yeah, that, absolutely. That is, it is just so good. It was. It's so weird. Yeah, I, and delightfully weird. I, like, the, the comedy worked. Uh the guy, the Jeremy Carver, the guy that worked on this, uh, the showrunner said that he wanted to focus on character pieces because uh, there a little mm-hmm. thing he did in Entertainment Weekly, and um, yeah, I think he he nailed that. He oh man, Absolutely. he fucking nailed that. It's um, it was a very character driven piece, and you know all of the fourth wall stuff with nobody getting to sum it up for us here and there, and and pitch the um, you know pitch the little crit- criticisms at themselves and stuff like that all fantastic it was well framed beautifully told oh i love i love freaking mr nobody hanging out just hanging out in the white space with his you know oh yeah tablet watching the episode Mm -hmm. yeah oh god so good everything good every single moment in the white space i i just i would have i would pause it after a lot of those scenes and just literally say to myself alone in a room oh my god that's so fucking good yeah had to stop and tell myself that <laughs> it was. I was so I, impressed. I have to know. How did you feel about they've released the butts? Right, it's not a problem. <laughs> you you very uh, very often have a problem with with poop humor, mm-hmm. um, and I was wondering how that would sit with you in this show, since not only do we have messages coming uh, in the form of farts coming out of a donkey's asshole. That was the least um, I was enamored with it. The um, okay. the the scene from the original Doom Patrol with the uh, the butt uh, uh, but what's the word butt balloon and the Perry uh-huh. Como uh, thought was delightfully uh, odd yeah and then release the butts I think by that time I was I was just laughing with the whole thing like <laughs> seriously you're gonna and then I saw him and went oh God all right yeah you committed yep. to that damn bit didn't you Oof. 
And like they're literal asses running around eating people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, I was over the moon myself. I was just so, <laughs> was so happy with it. it. I was, I was pretty happy with that too. That, no, that didn't take away from me and, and it, I'm not saying it normally would have. I, I, I don't necessarily detest people just in general. It's just, a, I think it's normally done too easily. Mm-hmm. This was not that at all. Just at all. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not completely caught up anymore, but a, a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, I was uh, catching up on uh, DC TV Squadcast and Brent and Ray were talking about uh, how it looked like every week Doom Patrol and Legends of Tomorrow were just trying to out weird each other. Yeah. Because it was like. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching them back to back, it's it's a bit. Yeah. It was like Legends is like, we have a possessed nipple. And then Doom Patrol's like, yeah, well, we've got an army of butts running around eating people. <laughs> <laughs> Legends is like, we brought on uh, several gay characters and a bisexual character. And we they get center focus. And somewhere over there, they're like, yeah, right, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. We're going to have a sentient teleporting genderqueer street. With a cabaret. With a cabaret. Because <laughs> we are the premium cable version of Legends. <laughs> And that's a good way to put it. Like yeah. I, yeah, we'll get the ledges. We'll and have that, a whole. That's the kind of race legends, that I can but... get behind, dude. That, that that I will be sitting there on the stands with a pack of beer, waiting and cheering on for that kind of race. And both shows have a Constantine. Yes, it's amazing. Legends has Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Doom Patrol has Willoughby Kipling, played by the wonderful Mark Shepard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I told you this or if we even talked about it. Like like you were talking earlier, we, we haven't really had a, a, a chance to really uh, get into this because we've been in different places in the show. But um, Willoughby, Willoughby Kipling was created by Grant Morrison, intended to be John Constantine. But D- DC and they, they wouldn't let him have uh, the vertigo-bound John Constantine at the time in a DC book. So he created Willoughby Kipling and based him off of Richard E. Grant, the character, uh, the Richard E. Grant character specifically from With Nail and I, which if you haven't seen With Nail and I, holy shit, go see that. Or you, I think it's like on uh, Daily Motion or some shit. Like I, I was desperately looking for it uh, a few days ago. and mm-hmm. um, Found it in one of those yeah. park all kind of spots. Quasi yep. trademark breaking websites. Oh, absolutely. But you can't find it streaming anywhere. You can't find it for sale. It's just, oh my Lord. Um, but yeah, Richard E. Grant uh, and uh, Paul McGann. So I'll say a Doctor Who and a half, a Doctor mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. Because Richard E. Grant was the animated ninth Doctor before they replay, they decanonized that animated series and, and did Christopher Eccleston. Ah, okay. Of course, Richard E. Grant came went, went on to play the uh, what was it the um, the Great Intelligence in in Matt Smith's final bit. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's what All Willoughby that say, Kipling was from. The Willoughby Kipling was <laughs> has a steep and steep and wonderful history, and was also awesome on this show. Mm-hmm. That was a great little arc. I enjoyed that very much. Oh, See, um, I, did, I I loved him, but I hated the arc. That arc. The really? cult of the cult of the unwritten. I didn't, I didn't hate it. But the cult of the unwritten, uh, the, sorry, the unwritten book, uh, the decreator, the recreator, Nernheim, all of that was just boring. The only thing I really loved out of that was, well, I loved three things specifically. I loved Willoughby Kipling. Uh-huh. I loved um, Bamphomet, the singing horse head. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved that they had to fight the dry bachelors, the army made of dead skin and unsent letters. <laughs> that was fantastic. That felt like Douglas Adams right out the ass. Just. Yeah. 
I loved all of those things. And there was enough great character moments throughout that that little like what was it a two episode arc? Yeah, that I, mean, I was still thoroughly oh, entertained. At this point, that's been a couple months. I'm not quite sure what what yeah. happened where. I just kind of remember the whole arcs. Um, I was still thoroughly entertained, but it did, I was still very I, happy. I, I did kind of enjoy that little that little bit on top of everything, and it was a nice little excursion, I guess, through the middle of the season. Just a little, mm-hmm. just a little trip on a sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, where'd you want to go next? Oh, we'd already talked about when we did the review for the pilot, which we have back several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is one of the best looking and best sounding opening like themes we've we've seen to date yeah i watch it every time yeah i really do and the last time i watched it on the last episode i, I kind of watched it forlornly i just I was, I was like oh man i'm not gonna have an excuse to go back and just stare at this every now and then Mm-hmm. i guess i can but yeah. you can why not yeah and something you quickly learn because of a character like mr nobody uh when it says skip recap don't you push that fucking button don't do it man don't you, do it you, you don't know that that recap Rhyming recap situation was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they all came together. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fantastic. It was the whole, like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid and amazing. Um, I, I Honestly, for the last couple of days I've been thinking about, or last, well, last couple of weeks now, I've been periodically thinking about Danny the Street's signs just going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Just like, oh God, so stupid and great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the least the necessary the scene muscle. of uh, maybe of the series, and it was it was delightful. And like they just moved right on; it wasn't a big deal. He just flexed yeah. the right muscle the next time, and we all and it was fine. <laughs> right. But it was a it was a hilarious little sidebar. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of still images of uh, of Jane kind of in like hammerheadish mode, like <laughs> trying to look angry and orgasm at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. So there, this show is so full of great character stuff. So uh, I don't even know what I, there's, we could probably do 10 hours. Yeah. We can do it this way. We could, uh, we could do arcs. If you want to do, uh, arcs, we could talk, talk bits, uh, we can approach it several ways. I'd say arcs. Here's what I'll say. All right. And we can branch off from here. I feel like this was the case and I liked that it was not, I don't think it was explicitly stated. Uh, but I felt that despite the fact that the chief lied to them about his uh, role in their creation, I feel like they all decided to help him save his daughter uh, because of their own individual crosses that they bear. Like Cliff is a bad father and wishes he could have been there for his daughter. And Rita, the thing that haunts her is that crying baby and the mother who killed herself and her role in sending that mother to the producer and, uh, of course, Jane was raped as a small child. And it seems like she, I don't know if she has, it doesn't, I don't think she's killed that primary, that child primary of, that she used to be. I think she's no. protected it. No, we, we see it even in that episode. Yeah. She, uh, it comes and lies down with her in, uh, I mm, what they yeah, call yeah, it, yeah. space. Of when hers. she's doing the drugs, when she's doing that drug, right? Yeah. She's clearly still got that thing on, on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vic was mistreated as a child and ignored. Uh, Larry never got to see his kids again. I feel like, and it's also telling that once they're done with Calder, they go and start teaching kids how to use their freaking powers. Like they've all got serious issues with children in their own childhoods. Mm -hmm. There's some form of either arrested development or just childhood being stolen away abruptly. Yeah, and I love that. I feel like that was the real reason they all decided to help 
Niles with his own daughter. Yeah. Save his and daughter. As uh, Cliff pointed out, he'd be a fucking asshole not to jump in the fucking painting. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to jump in the fucking painting. That was, but more, I lo- that was more fuckings than I... I couldn't even do that. I, yeah. I couldn't even get that many out reasonably. Mm-hmm. So I was just stuttering over myself. That was gorgeous. So, yeah, I, I, I love the... Because they didn't feel the need to color it out for us, but this entire season has been a buildup for them to explain. It's just... They've been quietly explaining the entire series why they would help an asshole like Niles Calder out at the very end. That... <laughs> There's that. So I think that like why they would forgive him after after what they've what what happened to him is yeah you know you went you went to crazy unforgivable links but you did it for for your daughter and we all have some link that gets us back to that thought that gives it gives you a moment where you're like yeah I know but he did it for his daughter and you know on some level you got to understand you'll go a little bit crazy for that mm-hmm. and on the other hand just going from episode one and through the first few episodes especially where the the beat they kept hitting over and over again is we are not heroes. Um, mm-hmm. They get to a point finally where in this episode they do something as a team completely selflessly. Um, they've they've gotten from selfish to selfless, and they've gone from not a team to a galvanized set of members that care about each other. Yeah, it was a, a it all came together over the twelve. And I did love for us one of the problems in the pilot was like how are these people fucking alive this long. I think it's fifteen. <laughs> I think it's fifteen episodes. Oh yeah, since the pilot though, like I think it was in the pilot though where we were like. <laughs> How was how are they all still alive? So the, magically, yeah. immortality was one of the side powers of the stuff they are they got also, and and that was something that we were kind of concerned about. Like, well, explain that a little bit, right? Um, so instead, it seems like they're all <laughs> they've all got the immortality, and he's trying to get it from them. Well, he was doing different versions. He was they were basically experiments trying to master that ability. Mm-hmm. It seemed, and it's what I got from it at least. And yeah, so he he did this to all of them in the in the so he could stick around long enough to protect his daughter because apparently she is super special. Um, yeah. Like she's a Do world. Do you know anything about a, her? Yeah. She's a world changer. Mm-hmm. Um, like which can, means that if, if we do season two, we're getting candle maker. Probably. Most likely. Which was going to be super brutal. It's going to be super brutal. And also they might as well just do Legion at that point. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause you're basically like Dorothy is basically Legion. <laughs> They'll be I mean, done. Yeah, he, the guy who plays Legion will be done with that show by it's, then. Just send him right yeah. over. It's like just Dorothy and the Dorothy and and Candlemaker are basically Legion and the Shadow King. Kind of, yeah. Like sincerely, yeah. And you know the the crazy part is like uh, Dorothy. If, if anyone doesn't know her powers, um, briefly, she can basically make her imaginary friends real and then change the properties of those friends, or just change properties of shit she feels like changing. Mm-hmm. She's a reality bender on the highest level. Yep. Um. And she's kind of normally kept, she's kept really in private until she meets this team of misfits because she's got an order disorder that makes her face look like that of a monkey. So, mm-hmm. so she, uh, they've used that and now said, oh, well, she's going to be the, uh, the daughter of, of Niles and this cave woman that he which, met. Yeah. Which is not, as far as I can tell, canon, but that seems no. like a great way that they weave that in. And they made that episode, by the way, pretty good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed his did. little one off by himself off in the, off in the woods, you know. Learning the uh, all his little spinoff was pretty good, but yes, I agree. The Dorothy stuff uh, going back, Candlemaker's like this little version that pops up in her head that um, he's a he wants to get out. He's a psychic spirit. He wants out. Um, that's kind of what she can do is turn like a psychic spiritual entity into a real thing. And he's her to try to get out. 
Um, bottom line is it's going to get real violent real quick, which will fit on this series yeah. and Titans and DC Universe in general. They've got room to play with all that, so it should. And be he gives really her, exciting. he gives her wishes, and like on his third wish, he gets free. And oh my god, mm-hmm. just it gets it gets rough. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be so good if they do Candlemaker. I assume they're going to do Candlemaker just, because where the hell else do you go after Mister Nobody and freaking Admiral Whiskers? Yeah, <laughs> and Ezekiel. I mean, all right, going into Admiral Whiskers too. Fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great little sidebar with with like uh, the, the little running story throughout the whole thing. Uh, leads to a lot of development in Cliff's story. Great character moments. You get to see him at the end. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And this is the only show where you could have told me that the finale wasn't going to involve a giant rat and a giant cockroach making out. And I would have thought, okay, yeah, sure. I could see that. And then, you know, double down and be like, oh, yeah. And by the way, they're all go- the, the whole team tries to get eaten by the cockroach. And while right. they're making out, Cliff is climbing across their tongues to safety. I've been like, "Yeah, this is not. Mm-hmm. You haven't bucked me yet. I'm still on this. I'm still on this bull, yeah. man. Start, start it up." Well, they had to be inside the cockroach because only the cockroach could withstand the radiation. Jason, I understand <laughs> it completely. Makes perfect sense. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great plan, dude. And I love get, Curtis. I love yeah. Curtis Armstrong so much. <laughs> if you, uh, oh, this this is a problem people had. It's like, why does Mr. Dr- Mr. Nobody suddenly not realize blah, blah, blah? And my, my answer is because he was drunk. Yeah. Because a drunk Mr. Nobody forgot a couple things. He's that powerful, and he kind of just forgot, like, oh, shit. Well, this is going to blow up, literally. And he's, he's still fine. He's still somewhere. He'll be all right. We'll see him again. Yeah. Probably. Well, I mean, he's in the white space. He's just in the painting now. <laughs> yeah. He'll find his way out. As he put it, he is so powerful, he could control this whole streaming service. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And I, I'm looking forward to him uh, controlling it as the Joker in the upcoming Harley Quinn oh, uh, yeah. animated series. Oh, God, yeah. He but did it, such a fantastic job. Yeah, just, we've always wanted to see it. I mean, you've been joking around for probably the better part of a decade about how we'd love to see an Alan Tudor Joker, and this is as close as I need. I've got, I mean, I've got I've, everything I need. I have never joked about that. I've been... <laughs> that was a very serious matter. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. I've been screaming to whatever gods may hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spaghetti monster I don't care anybody right so yeah, it, yeah short of a costume change we pretty much saw it and don't get me wrong if, if they told me tomorrow he's been cast as live action I would you know clap my hands mm-hmm. and go to Party City and buy some stuff but this is close enough for me I got to see pretty much what I wanted yeah it was glorious uh, so loved everything Alan Tudyk did I loved Diane Guerrero in this thing mm-hmm. she was just fantastic and I can't wait to see uh, more of uh, Crazy Jane and all of the other characters that she plays. Um, yeah, I'm hoping we get to see. I can't remember where she keeps her characters. Where she keeps in the, the underground? Other... Is it the underground? That's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. I would like to see more of the underground. Yeah, me too. I want to see more of that. Um, I want to see Cliff actually meet up with his freaking daughter, dude. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel cheated of that in this season. I felt like they explained why he doesn't want to see her right now. But I would like him to kind of come around and kind of kind of grow out of this moment. Like he, mm-hmm. him learning about her, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun to watch. Like um, him kind of realizing that she's still out there and the anger and all that, and then him getting to see her, it was real sweet. And then even the decision that he, he's going to kind of leave her the hint that he's still there, but doesn't want to burden her with all the shits going on with him right now. I get I get all that. Yeah, but it all leads it. It leaves it hanging a little bit. We're like, no, you can. He can grow as a person a little bit later, and I think it'll be a great scene. Absolutely. Also, so, yeah. he, he battled an alligator. Just want to point that out. He did. Yeah. 
But yeah, every every person on this show I've been really happy with. I, I loved Rita. I loved her character arc. I loved Larry. I, I really loved Larry, dude. Oh, he's he great. was fantastic. Uh, Matt Bomber did a great job. I will say the weak link in the cast for me is Jovian Wade as Cyborg. I I didn't. He was fine. I never connected with the character though, and I never connected with his performance. Like even when he's like having conversations with uh, with Phil Morris as uh, as his dad, I just like I liked Phil Morris. I was like, dude, he you were killing it, Phil Morris. I'm not sure this kid is is up to snuff though. Yeah, I connected, and weirdly enough, the other way around, mm-hmm. I liked his uh, version a little bit more. And I, uh, I've also seen this sentiment around, and this is the most I've ever liked Cyborg because it's generally not a character that I get into very much. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most I've really liked him, and I did really like him here. Um, for me, it wasn't a detractor. He had his own great arc. I mean, that scene um, in the bunker there where he he thinks he's killed his dad. Oh, that was yeah. that was rough, man. They. It was. He killed it, it there. If he got it, if he got it right anywhere, he killed it there. I'll agree with you there. But um, and oh god, just even Mister Nobody rubbing that in his face the whole it was just it was brutal. It was the kind of scene where I was like, I did not, I I didn't think this was going to be. I never thought this would be achievable. <laughs> never in my wildest dreams did I think I would see a scene like that. Yeah. And then you find yourself there, and it's organic, and it makes sense, and you're just fucking mad that you have to wait a week for next Friday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not saying he was terrible or anything. He was fine. Like, he was serviceable for me, but... Yeah, that's fine. There's normally an really... ensemble like that. There's going to be usually a character you don't really get too invested yeah. in. Yeah, and that's, and that's not to say, like, because I see a lot of people online throwing up pictures of him next to um, Ray Fisher from Justice League. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this looks so much worse than Justice League. I, I don't know. I mean... One looks fake and the other one looks fake. I don't understand. Yeah, they're both <laughs> costumes. Yeah, one looks, looks like, like one man in suit. One looks like CGI. One and invested in practical, practical. One invested in career. That was it. I'll be honest. Like neither one has convinced me that I should care about Cyborg more as a character. Sadly, my favorite version of Cyborg is like Teen Titans Go. <laughs> it's pretty fun there. It is. I'm enjoying him a lot right now in like Justice League Odyssey and the uh, the books they're going okay. on at the moment. Um, yeah. And I didn't know. I, I picked that one up specifically because it was a runoff of the uh, the New Justice series. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like him, uh, Azrael, and uh, what's her name? Starfire. Okay. Go off to this little ghost sector and, uh, you know, stuff ensues. I don't want to ruin anything. That's just the pitch. And then accidentally, Jessica Cruz comes along with them. I thought, yeah, let's see what those four are going to be up to for a minute. That sounds interesting. And I've really enjoyed it. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, you never know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it, so season two comes around. You want? Do you want Cyborg back, or do you want them to play with somebody else? No, I want him back with upgrades. Back with upgrades. Yeah. Okay. But for me, a fundamental part of the character of Cyborg is that he's always getting better at being a cyborg. Like, I, I think he's always there. You've, you've got to be always tinkering with that kind of equipment and coming up with a better way to do stuff and new abilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. I would like to say I'd like to see the suit used more in like a. You know, get a middle of the battle kind of sense. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't mind one scene where the, you get to really show off the suit. That'd be cool. I mean, I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there, but you've got that card. You can play it. It'd be kind of fun to watch. Really show the upgrades off for a scene. You don't have to have it all the time. This show's more about character development. Doesn't have to be about that, you know, about what nobody think, call it, the boring punch him out battle or something like that. I think I'd kind of like to see the, the team dynamic if, uh, they have they come back and Vic has moved on and he is a part of the Justice League and he's kind of being an asshole about it. 
And they just all kind of think like, oh, you think you're you're better than us now. Yeah. <laughs> Which they played with a little bit at the beginning. They did. I mean, he was an established thing before. They were literally nothing as far as the, on the superhero landscape. They didn't. They were recluses. Yeah. Um, it, that, I mean, I wouldn't mind that either. That could be a lot of fun. I don't want him out by any stretch. Uh, I, I, it would be a satisfying conclusion to me if he was a Justice League member after this. I, I could mm-hmm. work with that, but I wouldn't mind him sticking around at all either. I think there's a lot to play with still. Yeah, I could see it. I could I could definitely deal with it. I'll tell you this. What I'd really like to see is I the way the show is, I really want to see like them come back next year and have Gar there. And I want to see that other guy playing the, the chief and eventually they address that he's a different guy now. Mm-hmm. And explain explain that like I don't know, whatever. Whatever they come up with. No, they went like, on some crazy mission and uh found a reality bender and blah 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 and now this is what the chief looks like we've all learned to deal with it yeah some something because they did reference the titans pilot mm-hmm. in, in their first episode i think i think it was their mm-hmm. first episode so i, I would uh, yeah i would love to see the them sync up with the titans cannon and then you know hang a lantern on it and make fun of that i yeah. i just i so wholeheartedly hope that alan tudyk is back next that one's time huge. that one's huge for me he did he it, it just knocked it out of the park. I want to see more of it. I mean, the the conversation he has with himself on the toilet in the white space about like uh, mandering blah 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 and he's on a whimper. What a boring villain or something like that. He's so right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you look at the page. I think it just said blah 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 blah, blah or something like that. It's just one word over and over again. Uh-huh. And it's just, it, my favorite part of this is it's him drinking just a bottle of blue carsaw. Mm-hmm. Such a weird drink to be sitting there, fucking like alone on a Friday night, essentially playing it up with man. It, I get it, it's tasty and it's very pretty blue, but yeah. it's it was such a weird and wonderful choice for that to be the drink and, and worked because it was also like the white space and his little gray gray suit and the blue looked fantastic being splattered around everywhere and on his lips and everything. Um, yeah. But that conversation when he's trying to explain or when he's talking to the, uh, Ezekiel about you know, <laughs> glory. <laughs> A path to God's glory. Yes, a path to glory. I said God's glory. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that, <kind of> <laughs> that was so so good. Like I rewinded that rewound. I, I whatever. I went back and watched I that. Scene I don't think either times. word is applicable these days. Know. But yeah, I clicked back three times to watch that scene. Dude, so I good. laughed so hard when he starts like narrating Ezekiel and. And, and and convincing Ezekiel that Ezekiel thinks he is God. And he's like, of course. I just, <laughs> dude, I love Curtis Armstrong so much. Uh, and to have Curtis Armstrong playing off of Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Like. It was great. They did. Freaking booger and wash, man. Ah. It was great. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a great scene. There were people that didn't like the whole uh, stomping around. Oh, my God. It just ended with giant rat. I, I think it fit perfectly. I loved it. Oh, it did. It was fantastic. <laughs> Drunk Mr. Nobody really was one of my highlights of this season. Yeah. I mean, Cruel Mr. Nobody was a, a fantastic. Like, you remember, uh, it's in the penultimate uh, patrol, which, by the way, one of my favorite episode names ever. Um, Indeed. Where he's he's broken him down, and he finally gets Calder to explain to the rest of the team, I'm responsible for uh, what happened to all of you. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember that shit-eating grin in the background? He's in the yeah. background, soft focus, and you even in soft focus, you can see every one of his fucking teeth. He's grinning so <laughs> often. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, a little side effect, little side effect of Mister Nobody that I appreciated. So in that in the 
in the episode, was it next to last or last? Um, I think next to last. Uh, he he kills the team over and over again and makes Niles watch. That was next to last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Penultimate. Um, I think so. He, I went back and listened just because I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's the same one. And I found the original scene. And once it starts going into the crazy montage of them dying over and over again, mm-hmm. it's the same park, which I recognized from before. But when, the, when he uh, destroys the original Doom Patrol... Mm-hmm. It's the same park. He literally takes Niles back to the same park where he lost his first team, and then he plays the same fucking Perry Como, whatever that melody is. Da 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 da. da what you do to me? All that. Um, yeah. Destroys him with the same setting. I love that. It was a good touch. That's great. Really hit for me. And that robot's right out of the comics, by the way. Oh yeah. And it's also like when you look at his flashback to when he was Morden. Uh, he's got that's like one of the little uh, demo things he's got when he when he gets kicked out of the what is, what was he kicked out of the i forget what they called his version of the league oh uh was it the brotherhood of evil might have been yes that sounds right replaced by a gorilla um oh i loved that that's cute little iron wasn't it i loved that but oh. and it's a really it's a cool scene with him where like you know i can be somebody no you'll always be a nobody all that was great um but that's the little kind of toyish looking thing he holds up and says like no they liked my design blah 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 but it didn't make it so you should stand up to them. No, I shouldn't because they let me go, which normally means I'm getting out of easy. <laughs> yep. it, but he has he has a great story as a villain in this whole thing. He has a fantastic story. In his version, if you go chronologically, he's always wanted to be a villain, even found a woman who was uh, super into that lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, fails at becoming Brotherhood of Evil level villain, uh, is mm-hmm. is be- is betrayed and left behind by, by said woman. Right. Um she just wasn't she, he was just too much of a loser for her. so he then apparently uh takes all of the money he can get his hands on finds this secret holocaust post holocaust doctor or post germany doctor i assume he's part of the holocaust so this look like this this guy reeked of uh reeked of should have been at nuremberg you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um goes to this guy spends every last penny to get his powers and then goes back and actually finds himself a like a a team of people for whom he is the supervillain, makes himself his own supervillain. He's got a cool story as a villain. Yeah. Also, from the Morrison run, his original superpower was just that he could make you insane. And I, I really do love that instead in this show, they didn't, it's just not, it's not like he just grabbed your head and you went insane. They just gave him near omnipotence and he just uses that to make you go insane. So much more fun for a television show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a great arc too. Really, I mean, does. a lot of people had a great one, but he, his was fantastic. Possibly my favorite though was it's a tie between Larry and Cliff. Hmm. I think Larry for me. I think Larry by, by yeah. Mar- yeah, that was great. And you know, uh, according to the interview, they intentionally set everybody in an era so they could kind of show a different problem at a different time. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason. Um, oh, what's her name? Why am I missing? Oh, that's the girl's name. Rita. Rita. There's a reason Rita is stuck in like a you know casting couch situation there's a reason larry's stuck in the still what is it like late 40s early 50s that ish yeah I think she depression was, pre-hippie uh, yeah I think she was 40s he was 50s ish yeah um <laughs> even even poor cliff ends up in the 80s as uh, like a, a signature of the excess of the 80s yeah and jane is the 70s yeah that is true. I don't know what that says about the 70s in particular, but there's nothing in the 70s that really applies to her character in, in particular. Well, except for the punk rock stuff. Yeah, that was the early punk rock. Her and Cliff got on, got on about that. But um, 
the fact that they they specifically chose everybody to do to to kind of have a different story to tell uh, was really cool. And all the arcs as they came together felt so. I mean, you know, I've already used the word organic in this series, but yeah, they still they felt organic. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt pushed. Everything felt earned. And uh, God, it, it it was hard not to hard not to feel for any of these people as as you learned about their backstory. Yeah. Uh, so what is what are some things you would like to see going forward? Um, Do you have anything? Like, I really want to see Mr. Nobody start the Brotherhood of Dada. Yeah, that'd be sad. They're, <laughs> they're, they're willing to go that crazy with it. Why not? I mean, um, do, does anything about this season tell you that they're not looking to go that crazy with oh, it? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And maybe you remember, maybe you can help me out, but Dadaism was like this version of surrealism that got, that peaked so quickly that the people that were involved in it couldn't even tell, Very like within a, a year of the movement's starting from surrealism, they couldn't even tell if they were being ironic anymore. Yeah. It was like the hipster movement on steroids. Yeah, and they and everyone had a slightly different version of it, and just the movement just kind of collapsed. It just fell apart, right? Yeah. So to go from a show <laughs> like this that was so surreal and have Mr. Nobody's arc be kind of a postmodernist in the next uh, next chapter, oh, yeah, be great. Mm-hmm. And they hinted at it in the last episode that, like, uh, who is it that tells him? Uh, is Robot, Robot Man tells him... Um, once they're once they're working with them a little bit, and I was like, I feel kind of bad now that I know you. Um, <laughs> they there's a hint of anti-hero possibility in there somewhere. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that explored. Yeah, hell, even, I, even Beardcatcher got to we got to see both oh, sides Beard of him. Beardcatcher was disgusting and amazing. <laughs> it was both. I, I almost threw up. I was eating trying, and then he he started eating that that. Oh, that's yeah. not even in the comic. No, that's, no, they oh they went a God. whole different direction on that one. It's so gross. And then he comes back and he's happy with Danny the Street and and it's just and, and then they he just it's too much for him. He's like they brought me the beards of like Genghis Khan and ZZ Top and Lincoln. Lincoln, <laughs> they were so delicious. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, so there's something in the books that happens. I had to look up what happens because I knew I'd seen Danny the Brick and I, I didn't know really past that what Danny that the story is. No, it's Danny the Brick now. I was standing at the brick now. Yeah, when they break out of Ezekiel, they're sitting on a brick on a like literally the, the Ezekiel and and the rest of them are on a brick. That is Danny. Oh right, that's what oh, made it. Oh okay. So it's Danny the brick now, and apparently in the books, um, it gets crazy because it's part of the rebirth series and they went for it. But uh-huh. uh, Jane carries Danny the brick around in her pocket, and at some point uses it to beat a god to death. <laughs> Okay. So he becomes like Danny World because it increases uh-huh. his powers into this kind of near omnipotent being or whatever. Wow. Okay. I could be into that. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, in the comics, Mr. Nobody at some point be- becomes Mr. Somebody. And well, they did have the drop the line about you'll never be, I'll be somebody someday or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, had yeah. some foreshadowing. Yeah, absolutely. But um, the way they kind of end his, his arc out is he just, they some like ambush bug pops up and informs him of of flashpoint and he goes wait what yeah we're done here and he's like oh okay and mr somebody goes okay well pack it up we're done and they just kind of <laughs> he just like leaves with ambush bug and like what steals the coat do? i was trying to make the craziest shit ever happen oh they he did like, that themselves all right we're done here <laughs> he like steals away with ambush bug and like the comatose body of the chief nice <laughs> I'll be back another yeah. day when chaos needs me. Yeah, I'd be lying if I if I didn't if I didn't say I, I mourned or if I say I didn't mourn the, the death of Ezekiel, man. I dude for 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 a, re, a reject from supernatural. That Yeah, literally a character being, they just wouldn't let him do. 
And he said, well, fuck it. These guys will. <laughs> yeah. And my and Lord, man. Supernatural's been on for like 27 years. They're stretching for material, I assume. <laughs> and they wouldn't let that go through. And Supernatural, right. but again, a show based on heaven and hell principles and, and a series of transitions into different mythologies, but mm-hmm. essentially a show that has a heaven and hell. And they wouldn't let him have a, a proselytizing yeah. cockroach. I'll tell you this. I love the fact that this show basically went what I call all Angel Season 5. Oh, yeah. Right and out of the, the cards. <laughs> Threw him on the ground, man. Now, he um, literally in that interview, Jeremy Carver said, uh, we went through Season 1 with, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, we went through Season 1 with the smoke em if you got him approach. And he said, mm-hmm. and, there's ma- and, in, and he kind of quoted, like, there's this many years of this comics behind us to pull from. If we get a Season 2, we can do the same thing again. And I was like, you go, man, get it. Do it. You, you, I love the approach. You nailed it. Apparently, you've got the talent. You had the courage of your convictions. But, uh, go. Go, man. Go go free. Fly, my little birdie. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Quick mm. one. Side, quick side sure. thing. But we only talked about Flex briefly. But I loved, his, I loved his place in the team. I hope I see more of him, too. I loved his place in the team. Thought his story was heartbreaking. It was. Uh, that was a really rough scene. I hated when his wife died. Yeah. Just... Uh, like, this show made me cry. Several times. I mean, seriously, maybe two episodes I didn't get choked up. Yeah. Um, made me laugh with abandon. Mm-hmm. Like, many, many times. Just, uh, I'm always in awe over what I'm seeing. Just, I, and that's hard to do when we've been, you know, watching several superhero shows a week for this many years. Mm-hmm. And then to have something like Doom Patrol show up and just sweep us off our feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got Pretty Woman. <laughs> just gone yeah and i i was so impressed with titans that i thought man i, I feel like doom patrol is going to be good but i don't know i don't know how they're going to top titans titans was was fantastic and then i saw the first episode of doom patrol and thought oh i get it that's how they're going to do it so in in your pretty woman analogy we are the hookers who have had sex with so many superhero shows that oh, no. we become jaded but we still have a heart of gold mm. Kind of more like I haven't seen that movie in 25 years, and all I remember is the cover. Okay, and he was just in which I think I remember her being literally swept off of her feet. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's what I've got on that one. I like my version of it better. Mm -hmm. But what else should you expect from a person who liked an army of butts? Yeah, (laughs) I can maybe stretch that to make some more sense, but that's all that's really going on here. (laughs) Um. Yeah, man. I don't know what else to say about it. I, I really love this show. Yeah, it was great. I have, I, I'm, I just I want sin- more. That's all. I sin- yeah, I sincerely hope we get an announcement about a season two sometime soon. I haven't seen anything saying that there's going to be another season. I don't know either. I mean, I haven't seen it official either. I just, and I know I'd the reviews be- were great and I don't know what the numbers look like because it's a streaming service. So we're in the, we're in the dark. Yeah. I, oh, by the way, mm. t- to your point earlier about how it was uh, saving Dorothy was a redemption arc for a lot of the, you know, uh, a lot of the team. The team, yeah. Well, the episode before, um, Rita, as much as says, he's going to split us up and then use our history against us. That's that's how he's going to come at us. Mm-hmm. And this is exa- it's exactly what nobody does. And I loved the kind of building tension and then kind of the montage of almost of them saying stuff like, I ruined this life once and I, I'm still a piece of garbage and fuck this and all that. Mm-hmm. Like every one of them makes an independent decision that they do not deserve another chance. They fuck that up. Yeah. And 
or the, even if they didn't deserve another chance, at least was admitting to themselves, even if you gave me another chance, I would still fuck this up. Yeah, which is in a strange way redemptive anyway. Yeah, but it was cathartic, I think, for the viewer and for the team uh, that it yeah. really led to the point you were making earlier. Was I think that was part of how we got there. Mm-hmm. I had that note buried somewhere and I just saw it. Thought I wanted to bring that up before we got out. Nice. Well, uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm I'm good. Uh, if we get more candle, if, or if we get the candle maker, you can bet your bottom do- dollar we'll get more Willoughby Kipling. Mm-hmm. But look here, and I, and I don't some evisceration. Yeah, you were going to see body parts. I don't remember seeing this. Uh, a friend of mine messaged me and asked me um, if the person who got Flex Mentallo out of the comic book was Clarion the Witch Boy and claimed that there was a boy and he was a witch and he had a cat. I don't remember seeing that. Do you remember seeing that? I didn't catch that. It's a good okay. catch if, if that's what happened. Yeah, so if if that happened, let us know, please. Um, I'll go back last and thing, look now. Last thing I'll say about this season uh, is a uh, quote from Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five. Everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. I think all, all I've got is uh, more please. More please. I'll agree with that, too. <laughs> all right guys well thank you for listening and uh, let us know what you thought about doom patrol and uh you can contact us over at uh twitter at dc on screen dc on screen at gmail.com if you do want to become a patreon subscriber five dollars a month gets you a whole bunch of extra content whenever we feel like doing it uh, jason's pull list marvel reviews uh warm-ups all sorts of things there's content up every week though is there yeah I've just been behind, dude. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, and I haven't had a chance to contribute to it, but that is about to change. I think 10 days is the longest we made it, and then that was still a couple episodes. It averages at least once a week, but okay. it'll be it'll probably be regularly once a week going forward. Yeah, it's uh, we're about to gear back up. Oh, yeah. I'm back down to one job. Oh, yeah. So We're coming. I'm feeling special sporty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not sleeping at red lights anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally, like, went to sleep on a couch holding a plate. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to sleep holding a dinner, holding my dinner. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up, and there was a different show on television, and I didn't have the plate anymore. And I was like, what, what's happening? My wife was like, oh, sweetie. Like, I've, tri- I've time-traveled to a worse place. <laughs> um, anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with uh, a Supergirl review. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. That was a whole lot of love, man. That was a whole lot of love. That felt like the Titans review. <laughs> we really fucking love the DC stuff so far, the universe stuff so far. Yeah, yeah. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? 
Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.